Plot, Land of Silence and Darkness, 1971, written by Eric Gregerson, through examining Finney Straubinger, an old woman who has been deaf and blind since adolescence, and her work on behalf of other deaf and blind people. This film shows how the deaf and blind struggle to understand and accept a world from which they are almost wholly isolated. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. And maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping in to different places. A spectacular. Welcome to Citizen White Cane at the intersection of two raging rivers, one representing blindness and the other representing movie podcasts. My name is Sky McLeod. <laughs> I'm Melissa Bukta. And we are talking, this is my week, we are watching some Werner Herzog. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. It's very, <laughs> very exciting. Um, the, the documentary film um, uh, that we watched this week is called Land of um, Silence and Darkness. That's the order they go in, right? Yeah, Silence and Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Oh, we're, right. get, we're getting off to a real good start. Yeah, this start. is good. This is good. Yeah, that's, it, that's right. Good. Okay, um, good. <laughs> they're, they're both equally importance oh oh it's like deaf blind because it's about oh yeah are deaf blind gotcha. and in like in deaf blind the silence is first and then the darkness so so you, you can remember right. that's my mnemonic is it's the same <laughs> as deaf blind um perfect yeah so this is a film about that was made in 71 so a oh, while ago okay because when I when I looked at the release date uh, that Amazon had listed, it uh, it was either Amazon or Apple, but they had the date listed as as O two, and I'm watching the film and I'm like, this is yeah, what is going on? No, I I'm, saw that somewhere and I was like, what the fuck? I thought it was from the 70s, and then I, it was like, yeah, it is from the 70s. I don't know why okay. it says that. Oh, that. <laughs> That makes me feel so much better because the, all the, the camera work, it's shot on film. It, it looks like it was filmed in the 70s. So, okay. Yeah. No, it's definitely from okay. the 70s. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Now, yeah, <laughs> good it now was, that we got that out of the way. Yeah. It was a very, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I know something like one place said that and I was like, what? I, I'm so confused. And then it's like, I just, it was just completely wrong. I don't know why. Um, but yeah. So it's from, this is good. We're, we're just, there's dispute about the name of the movie. There's dispute when it about came the year. out. Code up. Perfect. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, in a way, it's kind of thematically appropriate because this movie is a lot about the disorientation of deaf blindness and, and kind of the <laughs> how you can feel very, like, cut off from the world or or not, um, uh, I don't know, feeling like you don't know what's going on. Feeling, so. <laughs> yeah, feeling very isolated. Yeah, so it's really, I mean, I feel like we're we're trying to embody the movie by not remembering what it's called, <laughs> what year it's from. <laughs> Jeez, uh, I I think I think Feeny would would be very angry at us because Feeny Feeny is 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 knows what's going on and is so amazing and uh, like the voiceover intro said before us this film chronicles uh, a little bit about her life and about the work but mostly about the work that she does 
uh, as yeah. a deafblind advocate in Germany. But I don't know. In a way, I feel like we are similar to her for, you know, we we, ocu- we try to occupy. I mean, obviously not always, you know, try is the operative word. Yes. But like, you know, <laughs> like I think that that we kind of want to have a similar space of like being as a support to yeah not to speak for you but yeah right Um, (laughs) but yeah I I I totally get that I mean I'm I'm hoping I'm really hoping by if by the people who are listening to us that they are listening to our experiences that they are if they have the same experience that it's it's that our podcast is kind of a boon to be like oh wow I'm not the only one I'm other people have those same experiences or have experiences that are similar to mine and I mean just getting uh, putting these movies out there whether good or bad yeah just hey to talk about <laughs> we, have, we have an opportunity to talk about uh, these movies and maybe uh, especially the ones that we really really like maybe we can champion some stuff and people will check it out yeah and i like that this movie was a little bit more observational kind oh, of much. like yeah very um the, the narration is very sparse yeah there is a, a little bit of narration there are almost no talking heads either it's you're right it is very 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 observational well because also like there's a lot of translators so there sometimes will be an interview but um there might be like the someone telling a story and then like Mm -hmm. and then also signing because there's a lot about um tactile sign language and um and like just you see also at the beginning of the movie is a lot of like scenes of just a community of deafblind people spending time together and so a lot of that yeah you have people like having conversations with each other as opposed to like actually directly interviewing people right which is that it's so cool because i've never you know i've seen my fair share of adaptations of the miracle worker and i know what deafblind sign language is but i've never actually really gotten to just sit in a room for a couple of hours and watch people do it yeah i also really love how they do like i like the pacing of this movie because there is it's like in the maybe three quarters into the movie where they show the alphabet like you've seen how they like how much people are using it and in the different contexts but then you see actually see an explanation where they put on a glove and it reminds me right. of like when you're teaching people final cut like you put something over the keyboard <laughs> yes, so it yes. shows that what the different buttons are i thought of i thought of a palmistry hand you can you can find like diagrams of of the hand and what each line is it supposed to look, mean and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's very cool. And it had like, yeah, each letter was different ways, which I did not know because I think there are different. I mean, and they show di- a few different like tactile sign things because they, they even, which I don't think it's tactile signing, but they also have people who are like um, feeling someone's face as they speak. Yes. So there's like a few different ways that people learn to communicate. We see... A lot of people, there's mention of uh, touching lips or holding your fingers near someone's lips to hear, and f- not hear, sorry, holding your finger next to someone's lips to feel the vibrations of the sounds that they are making. Right. It's like the deafblind version of lip reading. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it's, yeah, it is really cool. I mean, I have not had as much like, um, experience with like, yeah, with deafblind people in in media I also have less experience personally um I have one interesting story that I can that I can add to this uh my my one and only experience was someone who was deafblind so I'm working I was working at the visitor center in Anchorage and my job basically was to answer questions all day it was to talk just to, to be the person that people wanted to talk to 
And people would come in and ask for recommendations of places to eat or things to see or, you know, whatever. And I, I had a woman call me on the phone because we had a phone bank too. And she's, you know, she said, my, uh, my cousin is coming up to see Alaska, uh, but he is deafblind. Uh, and what, you know, what can I do? And I was so thrilled that they got <laughs> me out of all of the people yeah. in the center because I could actually help them and speak to, you know, some, something of this degree. I'm, I'm not deafblind. I am blind, but I, you have, I, you're halfway there. Yeah, I'm halfway there. Understanding yeah. <laughs> the experience. <laughs> yes. So I recommended a bunch of things for them to do and uh, just things for them to do and ways that they could adapt them. Yeah. Uh, for this person that's awesome so yeah and i you know what were some of the examples if you can remember um i so going to the zoo uh is really fun um because oh, yeah. you because of all the smells and everything but they have a lot of tactile exhibits at the zoo also if you tell the zookeepers that you are coming you can set things up uh to where they can bring out animal parts oh. or d- different things that you can touch Basically. Almost like in this movie. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, the zoo reminded me. The zoo bits reminded me a lot of that. And and if you you know if you were willing to pay a certain amount of money, uh, you can uh, have a session with one of the elephants. They should do that. They should make it price of admission if you're deafblind. I know, right? <laughs> but at the time, you could you could do that. Uh, uh, another suggestion was um, uh, um, to go to uh, the museum. Because when the, we ha- when they have class trips to the museum, they actually bring out a bunch of artifacts and oh, things nice. from like you know from Alaska's early days that you can actually handle or you know replicas of things uh, that are that are tactile. So if you you know I said the same thing. Like if you call them and set up an appointment, I'm sure they would be more than willing to accommodate you because they have everything there. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and I suggested like different places to eat. You know, if you wanna if you really wanna get like an Alaskan have an Alaskan meal and have that experience to taste, you know, because yeah, being deafblind, good food places are yeah, you're yeah. really missing very little <laughs> food. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, yeah just di- different things like that. You know, I did the best I could, uh, basically. Um, and I and we, I hung up and I thought I thought nothing of it. Um, you know, just it was a really wonderful conversation, and I went back to work. Two weeks later. They come into the visitor center. Oh, that's awesome. And I actually got to meet him. Uh, and he was super nice. And he's one of the few people in existence that I actually let touch my face. <laughs> I mean, obviously, permission was asked was it, beforehand. Was it to, to read what you were saying? It um, Is read the right oh, word? Feel? Mostly to feel and to thank. Because oh, they yeah. had they had scheduled a couple of the activities that I had uh, talked to them about. Oh, the Native Heritage Center has like a, a whole Native village set up that you can go walk around in and touch. And, oh. Yeah, so that was another suggestion. But yeah, no, it was mostly uh, just to say hello and to thank me. And I'm so glad I was working that day. Yeah. And he was he was a really nice gentleman. And we talked a little bit about. Um, what they were going to do and while they were here and how long they were here. and You didn't get like an account of when it had already happened? No, I think oh. they had just gotten there and she had come in to the visitor center to get some maps because we had lots of maps. Oh, yeah. You need tactile maps too. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, unfortunately, we didn't have any tactile maps, but she, uh, she came in. That would be helpful for blind people. I know, right? I mean, it's yeah. really only helpful specifically for <laughs> anyone who is blind because yeah. if you're just deaf, then you don't. 
yeah. you can read a map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they had come in to get some maps and to say hello. And also our visitor center was a, a bus stop for um, the zoo ran a shuttle from the visitor center to the zoo. And they, I believe they were headed to the zoo. So they had come to take the bus. Nice. That's that. That's an awesome... Yeah, it was really wonderful. I was I was so happy. I was always really excited when a disabled person would come to the visitor center. So I was like, yeah. oh, I have I can tell you and I can we can talk about adaptations. And yeah, well, that's yeah, I feel like there's such a it can be so fun to accommodate people. There's like a joy in that. It's like a way of like seeing the world in a different way and like kind of getting to. I don't know it's just very exciting to do that and I'm always baffled when people are like no this is the way we do stuff so this is just an inconvenience for us to like change the way we do things you know that I mean it it always feels like so frustrating <laughs> I mean it's a very light term but like right like you know I think that that is just why it's so toxic to have uh, very rigid rules anywhere in anything because there is such an excitement of like and it, there's just so there's such great benefit to being able to look to say like okay this is how the world is supposed to is quote-unquote well this is how the world is quote-unquote working but like how can people who have like different you know perspectives and how they interact with the world like how do you make it more um more exciting for them and that's like benefits everyone Mm -hmm. I don't know it's yeah but that's really cool that I think I've like sometimes just I'll go up to like people in museums and be like hey I can't see how do I do like and occasionally you'll get someone who's excited but like I'm always like the proper reaction to this is excitement because you get to like think about right. how to do things differently right. but I, a lot of people are just like kind of like oh, I don't have like a ro- like a rote like answer mm-hmm. that I tell everyone because no one's asked me this before so they're just like I don't know and going going <laughs> to museums is not easy I love it I love going to museums but it is such it, they are so visual yeah that it can get really hard after a while I remember going to the Natural History Museum in New York and I had a great time. I got to spend the entire day there, but I didn't utilize and I didn't even ask if they had an audio tour. I know. I'm an idiot. Well, no, I will always ask and a lot of times like audio tours, they'll say, oh, it costs money. Like they almost never give it to you for free, which I'm like every single museum in existence should give blind people audio mm-hmm. tours for free like so, we're paying admissions sure so. so here's the opposite of that yeah. so the best museum i've ever been to because it had the far and away the best audio tour was Iolani palace in hawaii now the, the entire palace is the museum and they have everything preserved and it's amazing and you have to put special booties on your feet so you can walk oh, around because wow. it, it's all it's so old and preserved but um Everyone is required to take an audio tour with them. They don't have docents walk you through the museum. You do an audio tour. And this audio tour, ah, mwah, chef's kiss. They spare no expense. This thing is, the whole palace is narrated. You go at your own pace, obviously, but they give it to you on a little player. The whole palace is narrated. There is music. There is sound effects. Oh, my gosh. There are quotes. Um woven into the tour from like the kings and queens that have lived in the palace and the people who worked there and everything um everything is described to you that's uh, so cool it's it's great for blind people so great oh that can hear that uh that is, <laughs> that is true i'm sorry <laughs> i com- i completely yeah mm, i just got really excited um no that's yeah. so awesome i mean but that's the 
that's the thing is why you need that flexibility of like because also like so many yeah. museums are very inaccessible to blind people and and as yeah I also really love museums and it can be very frustrating when you feel like oh like what is like that's why like art museums where it's just kind of paintings and stuff I think Mm -hmm. are my least favorite of all of them because I'm just like I have so little ability to access this and like I think most other museums will try to like do different things sometimes sculptures I'm like the kind of blindness I am I like sculptures but like the paintings are I'm like, I can only do so many Paintings are hard. Yeah. Paintings are hard. The coolest, it wasn't even a museum, but the coolest place that I went to, um, when I went to my first and only uh, National Federation of the Blind Convention, they had it at this hotel in Dallas called the Hotel Anatole. And the people who had owned the hotel uh, had like a hard-on for Asian art. And so this place was just covered from floor to ceiling with Asian art. And the cool thing about the art is it was mostly was sculpture and you could touch almost all oh, of it. Oh, whoa, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I, yeah, I spent most, I spent all, my whole time basically like touching everything. That's I did. a great deaf blind all, Yeah. It, oh, it was so great. And all the blind people, we did the same thing. Like we would touch everything. And I, um, and the art that I couldn't touch was, was really cool. I mean, I, I found my love of Wedgwood pottery at that place. Ooh. So yeah, but for yes, for deafblind, and I think there were a couple of deafblind members at the convention too. Uh, for deafblind, yeah, it was really great. The City Museum in St. Louis is another great deafblind museum, and that it's just basically a giant playground for adults of like it's only <laughs> somewhat a museum. It's just like these giant like there's all these tubes and like weird things to like <gasps> what run, like run into and some of it you're like oh my god you could like maybe get hurt <laughs> that sounds awesome. uh, but it's really awesome but it, that is of like my failure were very museum connoisseurs uh oh, in a lot yes. of ways so mm-hmm. that would be a great one um in uh yeah this is the same time i talked about it recently in this on this podcast but also i was thinking about the museum <laughs> of jurassic technology would be good for ah. blind people but i don't because there's a lot of like sounds and things oh, gotcha. so it's yeah. like kind of an interesting yeah. mix of things though there's some tactile stuff but probably mm-hmm. there's i don't know but it is like a more sensory mm-hmm. uh yeah diverse um, museum experience yeah i mean i'm, I'm not gonna lie i don't you know, I didn't go into the watch this documentary going, oh, deafblind folks are just their whole world is just so unfulfilled because they have they don't have access to at least, you know, at least one of those senses. Right. And going deaf is probably one of my greatest fears is either losing the ability to speak or going deaf uh, because I would give up my sight before I gave up. Uh, my speech or my <laughs> deaf or my ears yeah no well you know go sorry go completely blind i guess i would i'd rather go completely blind and have my ears oh, yeah well yeah because it's like we've we would have to change so much less of right. our life right. and i'm and i'm not saying and but see it feels so hard to say that because i think feeny and her friends uh and the kids that are learning i think they are living fulfilled lives I think I sure think Feeney is living a fulfilled life um, and they are trying to live in a world that is not adapted well, just at all like the them. world is the problem yes in, in yeah. pretty much every way it feels like it yeah I think that was the hardest thing about watching this was just how much people were not like just how the abled people in, in all of their lives in all of the like deaf blind characters lives were 
characters is not right. They're real people. <laughs> They're real people. But like, yeah. um, but they were just the the evil people were so neglectful like like the way that like the parents and stuff that you heard about like and even the teachers at the school that we see like it was just all felt like very problematic to me I was just like these you are not giving people the sensory information they need and you're not expecting them to like you're not giving the same expectations that you would enabled uh, child and that's really that's a that's abuse <laughs> yes i mean uh, vladimir in particular i watched that entire segment kind of with my mouth on the floor it was pretty shocking there's like a 21 year old 22 or yeah 22. something like that yeah. i think yeah i think maybe yeah. 22 year old man who had never had um anything anything any was just basically given food in a room and was just right. kept in that room he can eat soft food because that's what and i that's what he can eat and he never learned to walk and i'm just and he can kind of walk but he can walk like a baby who is learning to walk walks yeah um it's like shocking yes he never learned to communicate i mean it just how how do you do that to your child wouldn't you wouldn't you want you want to just do anything like it's like i i just oh god i wanted to scream at that parent and you know feeny is doing her best and trying so hard to communicate with him and figuring out ways that he's communicating with her i mean she's talking about you know how she runs her nails along along her palm and and you know changes the pressure that that he applies and stuff so you know he knows he's in there somewhere he knows that she's here and that something different is happening the radio when they give him the radio for the first time that's yeah and he holds and he holds the radio to his chest and just like kind of and feels the vibrations and like it's very i mean it's just that the amount of understimulation that you that he has experienced i mean it's just so it's and it's i just the fact that i think they're the parents are seen as like well what were they gonna do and it's just like this is abuse like yeah, imagine yeah. doing the same thing to a able child like everyone knows that's abuse but then if it's just because it's like oh well what were they to do it was right, a deaf blind yeah. child like how Obvi- could they you know yeah obviously this child is never going to be able to function in the in the world and everything and and sure maybe this child will never be able to function like an able child but right, that exactly. you are denying the right of this child to function yeah and you're just like it's just complete neglect. I mean, it's just a it is just abuse because it's like you, instead of giving the tools of language and and you're basically it's just such an feels so aggressive and like I yeah it was very hard for me to watch or empathize because it just seems so wrongheaded and like I think parents probably it's like more to do with like an ableist society mm-hmm. that you know not I just mean, germany that we all live in right <laughs> yeah i know the the, the thing about not teaching the, the kid how to walk you can teach a blind kid how well, to that's walk. what's so I, shocking i have we you and i both have blind friends who can stand upright and walk around and get around and i'm like teach the kid to walk get him a cane i'm not saying push him out into traffic or, or anything but my god do do something well that's just so ridiculous it's just like i think it's just like you have just the lack of imagination of what his life could be it's just so so shocking and it's like putting that on the disability and like instead of putting it on the parents responsibility like you just like you wouldn't if you 
when people trap their child in a room without stimulation and don't teach them language, we call that abuse. That is abuse. Like, I don't understand how it's no longer abuse just because they were born deaf blind. That seems and, fucking bullshit. And maybe you, you can't really make this excuse, but I'm going to throw it out here anyway. Maybe it was the time period. However, we know that there is a school that these kids are being taught and even the in school Germany. we have to talk about even, it's a little even problematic the school, i don't know i'm not sure if i totally agree with the school's methods but well, at least they're trying to do something it's yeah no i mean well that's the school is definitely better than than locking your kid in a room yeah, yeah absolutely and but feeding him soft food not teaching him how to walk right yeah that's that's definitely on the grand mm-hmm. spectrum worse and, but the school right. the thing that i really was bothered by is they're like we can only teach them language that has to do with their immediate surroundings i yeah and they they're they, because they will never be capable of abstract thought which is just like what the fuck what is different no, no, between no, 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 deafblind no. people that's not how this what yeah no feeny is complete and and i know feeny lost her sighted at 15 but she's but she's been deafblind for years and feeny is completely because they were like if you're born deafblind but it's like do you understand language is part of what helps people think of abstract thought my dad has all these theories about like spatial awareness but like that's like deafblind people still have spatial awareness um it's just a different kind but like uh that's that's an aside but like that is just ridiculous that they would that i'm just like what in sight and hearing gives you the ability to have abstract thought and then communicate it there's nothing like if you have language then you can easily because com- I guess they're like they'll have abstract thought, but we just will never know. Yeah. Like it's like a black box. It's I'm a, like it's in there you're somewhere. You're teaching them I'm to like, communicate, no. right? Like you know how I'm just like how does anyone learn you to express them- abstract thought? And, and I mean, one of the first sentences that they're taught or that they learn from their parents, if their parents are are in this picture at all, is something like "I love you." Right, that's abstract. You can you yeah, you can talk about love and express love. That's exactly that's an abstract thought. Right. It's just like you need to be able to talk to them. You need them to be able to have hear much more conversations. Like that's how children learn. But if you just look at like how children learn how to speak and express abstract thought, there's absolutely nothing that is gonna be different for a deaf blind like kid other than like again like neglect like not giving them the opportunity to which mm-hmm. is also feels all of fucked up to all me. of the older folks i mean we see feeny and her group of friends get together for a dinner or a lunch or something for an, a, a party and their you know poems are read and views are expressed and it, all of those people in that room are capable of of abstract thought. They're having it yeah. right there. Right, right, exactly. And none of them can see and none of them can hear. And just because the kids were born that way, it's just, it's so dumb to me. It's like really means nothing. There's no difference. Right. It's, oh, I was, I was just, that. the whole back half of the movie was hard because all the stuff yeah. with Feeny is actually really cool and really uplifting. And, see, and when you amazing. see them as a community, mm-hmm. that part That's is amazing. much more, I kinda, yeah, I kind of wish it was the other way around where we could see it was a good community at the end I mean I guess there's just like I mean I guess it worked better this way but it was it was very well, sad the, the, yeah the film actually ends on quite the downer of a of a note and I'm like this but we were started out so positive and it was great and ah uh, yeah, yeah then, what do mm. you think of the ending because I didn't know what to think about I mean it. besides the fact that the film just kind of stops there's no like coda or well, there's, um, yeah, it's a coda, and then it's just like the final oh, scene. Sorry, yeah, the the yeah yeah, but there's no there's no really like summation, and I guess 
as a viewer, I don't really need that. I mean, I don't necessarily need everything to be spoon fed to me. I can make connections. But the film just kind of stops. And because we because it ends, the last scene is Feeney and uh, another friend of hers and her brother who is deafblind. And you see really interesting juxtaposition. You see they're in a park. And the camera pans from Feeney's group of people that are translating and using um, deafblind sign language and talking, having an actual conversation. And then it pans over to the brother who is feeling up a tree. Yeah. And it it kind of hit me. And it's just like, oh, oh, my God. Because his sister says, oh, he just he's forgotten how to re, how to communicate and how to speak. And, all you know, he's just forgotten how to do all of that. Right. And I... I can I I don't know I'm having I'm having trouble putting it into words yeah but it just it, <laughs> sorry yeah. I kind of made you put it no, into words because okay. I couldn't it's okay. <laughs> it's okay it just kind of hit me really hard in, in the fact that we're they're living in a world that's not that doesn't that's so isolating and is not is not for them and yet they have yeah. carved out the deafblind that have carved out a way to live in this world and to communicate and everything are doing it and yet but you still have this whole percentage of these other folks who are deafblind who are society's forgotten forgotten about and who are yeah. off in the distance and oh well he forgot how to speak and how to communicate and everything so i guess i guess we'll just figure it out and leave him behind right or As something to re-engaging and like yeah trying and like it's hard because yeah you wonder how much that is through like, I mean, isolation is never, never a humane thing. And I think, but, I, you know, people do have a spectrum of what there's some, you know, <laughs> coronavirus we're finding out that there is a big spectrum of how much people can handle of like isolation. Like it is it, you know, as much as it's hard to like understand people are at a very different, you know, a very different place on the spectrum as you are. It is. Yeah, there is a big spectrum of like how much you can handle like being social or not or you know having solitude like that yeah and and so like some people I'm like okay some people are closer onto the like very comfortable with solitude end of things and that can be like you know that that could potentially be more of like a calming thing to like have very few people that you're communicating with or sure. or more solitude but yeah there's like this feeling of like when does that become an actual choice or right. like when is that something that you're forced into because no one's really trying hard to engage you right. like it feels right. like at a certain point there are people who there are people who love to be alone i love to be alone but you're right after a certain point i will go crazy i need social contact i need to talk to someone i need you know i need to be touched i need right. all of these things and i I guarantee you that's what some of these folks need and are missing. Right. They don't have to, you're right. And they don't have to have it all the time. But it's just like, but, but you, it's still like, how much is it that no one's engaging with that? Cause that was the other thing is I'm like, you're so understimulated and it's kind of the responsibility of us to, of like us meaning all humans <laughs> to make sure that these, that the that people who are deafblind are not understimulated as so many of them are like to lock people up in rooms and like, and away in facilities like that's the last thing you need to do. This is like of anyone who shouldn't be locked up in a space. Oh. Deafblind people should have oh, as God, much the, ability to roam yeah, <laughs> and the, like. The woman, the woman who lives in the asylum the asylum, not a nursing home. 
yeah. an asylum because there's nowhere else. Because her mom died. Right. And there's nowhere else to put her. And she is so far gone into herself. And we see Feeny try and communicate with her too. But she is so far gone into herself that yeah. she has lost the will to do anything. And that's like you've already that's because of mistakes like there does not need to be a world where anyone feels that way like society mm-hmm. I feel like is and then it's it's really hard to pick up the pieces and I bet that it is possible but it's just this is like a case of like prevention of this happening is far better than like needing to pick up the pieces after the fact because like when people become deafblind and they're just totally cut off from society and I think Finney because she was only 15 like when she became deafblind I think that probably was helpful and like still giving her that drive of like being a young person whose brain isn't fully developed and like and having enough time being an abled person to know that you deserve to be an abled person but then also like being young enough to have that like I am not gonna let this you know be a specific thing but she still spent why did she say 30 years yeah in in her bed in In her bed 30 years and i'm just kind of it's 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 baffling and just how could anyone think that that's okay to do that like it just i just can't like i truly can't wrap my head around it i mean you know great for her she she got out of her bed like she had a choice you know she was determined to learn and to function and everything but she had that choice it is the other folks who especially the ones like you said who are born deafblind right who and who are not given that choice it's like society says well you can just that you can be a neglectful like it is neglect to not go out of your way to make sure they can speak like it's just I don't see how that's any different from like making it so that a child is not able to speak by not you know having them hear language like an able child like that's even even autistic kids are taught how to communicate well yeah I mean just like I feel like deaf I've yeah, like deaf blindness, it feels like, well, you know, what are we going to do? Like, it's they're, they're the one who's cut off. So it's like, it's kind of on them being the one who's isolated, you know, it's because of deaf blindness, as opposed to be like, no, it's because of fucking society and it's still neglect. Like, just because you're doing the same thing that an abled person would need. Like, if you're talking to a deaf blind person and not doing any like tactile signing and just, you know, just because. Y- it's still neglect it's still neglect even if you think like oh well I don't know but it it does feel like they're even going out of their way to be like it's not just neglect by not teaching them language they're also forcing them to be inside these spaces like that's what you have like that's the right thing to do because like normally you wouldn't like you wouldn't treat a normal child like that like so that feels like neglect to treat an abled child so how the fuck is it not neglect when you're doing that to a disabled Mm -hmm. child who's already needs extra support to like not be neglected and I think we can chalk a lot of that up to I mean there's no excuse for it but I think we can chalk a lot of that up to the time period I would really like to see Werner Herzog do this film over again I mean obviously I don't think Feeney is with us anymore but I would really like to see now what is what is happening yeah what is happening in Germany right now for the for the deafblind community yeah it's a it's it's definitely I would hope that like there's people have more like 
access to things but i yeah i mean i'm sure it's better and then probably no one's getting locked up in a room for 30 years i, w- I, I would hope. i would hope so yeah yeah <laughs> but like it doesn't i'm sure that it's like not as like good as it should be you know like still in in right no i don't think it's ever going to be perfect but i would well, hope nothing's perfect nothing is perfect no no but i would hope that they've come they've come further yeah i mean it's just like <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's hard. It's hard to like hearing this stuff was really upsetting and like just the misunderstandings. And also like I think deaf blindness as it's conceptualized is like completely being cut off from like hearing and seeing. Right. Which How? like as blind people, we know it's not true. And I think that that's right. another thing that like. But even like I think within blind or even de- or like deaf communities where people do have some hearing, you know, you're still like, yeah, but deaf blind people are cut off from all visual and hearing information. So, but right. it's like, no, it's not. No. It's the same as being like hard of hearing. Or yeah. Well, blind. even even Feeney explains that, you know, deafness isn't truly silence. You still hear. She talks about, you know, kind of a like, gnawing, like groaning noise. Sounds. Yeah, obnoxious sounds. But she's, and she's like, and I it's can It's kind of like still... the light sensitivity that yeah. I have. It's just like, eh, I don't. I kind yeah. of would sometimes want to just not see anything. <laughs> well, and she talks, and then of course she, she brings up, you know, and blindness isn't blackness. Right, so right. She says she still can see, you know, co- little bits and pieces of colors. Yeah. And whatnot. So. It's kind of like if, you know, we, we couldn't, we couldn't hear very well or had a lot of things mm-hmm. in our hearing that made it yeah. more difficult to understand people yeah. they still have their their you know they can talk they still have their sense of touch and smell and taste and, and it's and like everyone's different too like because sometimes people were able to hear just by like there's a few different people who's like if you talked very like loudly and near their right. ears they could hear mm-hmm. so like there are different you know, like with how we navigate with sight sometimes, you know, like that it's, just because you are deafblind, it's also like each person is, and it's even more variation because like blindness, there's only so many things that I can, mm-hmm. you know, do that's, that's quote unquote wrong. But like, <laughs> you know, but then you also add deafness and that has its whole spectrum of all sorts of things as well. So it's like the most diversity of like sensory experiences, which is what, which is kind of another thing that I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But I never thought about it in the in that sense of like seeing a community and all these different people and that must be so cool that like even within a community that we like so just like um we make seem so uniform like mm-hmm. like I think there's a lot like deaf blindness it's like no one this is like we don't understand how that is and it's like you can't hear and you can't see and there's such a uniform idea of it but it's like it's gotta have the most variation of any disability like of just like what people's sensory experiences are it's so cool and <laughs> like, we see them we see them doing all kinds of fun things they have the dinner they get together and see each other and it's it's all it's so tactile it's wonderful uh we see Feeny fly with her friends in a, in a for the very first time yeah. that that was that a really was cool, cool experience and they're always they're always casting out around with their hands trying to find each other because it's always yeah it's it's so cool it's a constant thing yeah and and she's smiling oh. and everybody's having such a good time and they go to the zoo and they get to feed and experience the elephants and, yeah i mean and they don't. I don't even know if they had to pay extra for that no they probably didn't oh and they get to, <laughs> they get to hold monkeys which i think is extremely dangerous but okay <laughs> i wouldn't i personally young. wouldn't want to hold hold so one but funny. but it was great and the monkeys you know they monkeys would touch them and grab their faces and they would respond and and it was awesome uh, it, yeah it was it was so cool and 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 they're all 
laughing and having such a wonderful time and it's and just they get the, to do these things. The rest of the world's the problem. Yeah. It's the moral yeah. of the story. There, okay, though there was one title card that was like a quote that really got me just right now, mm-hmm. which was like, it said something, I think it was like, when you let go of my hand, you're a thousand miles away or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really, I was like, Ooh. that really fucks with me. Because <laughs> that, just thinking about right now, and like, I've just been so frustrated with how much, like, I'm like, I want to, like, that's an important part for me. And like, having them knowing people are there and like, you know, you know, it's one thing to be able to hear someone's voice, but to actually be there and to f- be able to touch them is just so important to me. And like, to, like, just thinking about, you know, that's just coming from a blindness place. And like, you know, I, it's so much more, even more important for people who are deafblind. And like, it's just, it, it hurt me it's, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, you can't not, you can't see something like that or read something like that and not think about what we're going through yeah. right now. I mean, it's, we are human. We need touch. We need tactile sensation and some of us it's like it's it's even more than others yeah like and it's yeah 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 yeah, it's really hard but um yeah I don't know that's I don't have any really more (laughs) specific thing to say about that but it's just like messed with me (laughs) no I I totally um yeah I totally get that I mean there were this movie was is a roller coaster there were very high highs and very low lows yeah an Um, amazing uh, thing that i read about this movie was there was three hours of footage really yep three hours so half the footage that Werner Herzog got is in the movie that's incredible only even imagine that three hours yes half of what he filmed it's it's unbelievable (sighs) this one of his first documentaries i wonder um oh yeah i didn't look that up that's something that i should have (laughs) You should have looked before we even started. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't think, think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, yeah, three hours. I mean, you think of you think of Werner Herzog, and I'm like, doesn't he shoot like forty hours of film oh, for his see? thing? I don't know. I'm. I've seen other. I've seen other Herzog films, but I don't know very much about Herzog the person. Um, and like his how his shooting. Yeah, and how he shoots. Like, I mean, wow. yeah. I'm, that's. I just couldn't even believe that. I'm. A little, uh, I don't know how to feel about that. I'm kind of upset in a really weird way because <laughs> does he does he just not think that these people are worth shooting more footage? Three hours is in the grand scheme of filmmaking. Three hours is not a lot. Well, no, I mean, my, first of all, film there is a lot more like considerations. Like it's not digital really changed how much footage you can get. True. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Second of all, I think that. I don't think it was about their worth, but it was probably about knowing what you wanted to film. Oh, good point. And, he and just also, knows. like, maybe there's it's engaging enough to like because I, I I don't know I I really like that because I felt like mm-hmm. um, there was a sense of like it wasn't as much as I am an editor. <laughs> like it's kind of cool to know that that was what was gotten, and f- it makes it feel more like that Finney was the editor because uh, it's kind of like more of what was just just ba- bare bones what was already filmed you know mm-hmm. like that it was such a small amount that was actually filmed that so much that meant that you were kind of 
in a lot of ways you just wind up letting the people the subjects of the documentary and he, kind of tell the story he does i mean these the, these takes on on the on the people that he's focusing on are very long and you see all of the well sorry you perceive all of the expressions you know if if you can on their on their faces and yeah all of the emotions are just kind of left there for the pace for everyone to, to experience it. yeah i it's this movie isn't slow necessarily i was never bored it's like crip time <laughs> yeah i just kind of like oh yeah I, this feels right to me yeah this feels completely right i feel completely at home well deaf blindness is definitely a good example of why crip time is important to remember because things just take are going to take longer to speak and there's no and like to make things actually be um accessible or like humane you have to like allow for people to take the time they need to take and like that's why i'm like the crusader of crib time uh, <laughs> acknowledgement but i think that like you know all sorts of things it just shows up a lot like it it really is surprisingly common that you you see how there's a time barriers make mm -hmm. it so that disabled people mm -hmm. are unwelcome in spaces yes. or have less access to yes. spaces and then I, yeah i wonder i wonder if i show this to my mom or an able person if they would just be like, oh, my God, speed it up. Let's go. Let's go. Like, I, I wonder if they would get it. Yeah. I never I never felt that at all watching this. Yeah. It's I mean, I wonder because, yeah, it's like that is a good question because I think that there's something very engaging about watching someone exist in their life in a different way. Like, I think that a lot of the oppress the oppressiveness of crypto. So, like when crib time is not acknowledged is that like you're not watching someone get ready in the morning that you are just seeing they came in five minutes late and then then they you know and then you're mad at them like you know right, like you don't that yeah. you're not actually seeing what's happening right. and like you how much more time it took you them you don't know maybe it maybe it takes them 10 minutes to put on their socks right. you because, don't know if yeah. like the bus had to stop for you know 10 minutes to get no, that that's happened multiple times right, to me. right, right. yeah yeah you, if you the yeah, and if you have fun, if you use a wheelchair, it's always going to take forever for them mm -hmm. to get it on the bus. You yeah. know, like they just it, for most disabilities, it's going to take you longer to get places. Um, so you have to like have that. Um, but understanding. But I think a lot of that, yeah, comes from people just not not really seeing it but then sometimes you know there are other ways where you see someone who's like struggling with something and it's like oh this is inefficient you know they're not but but I guess like yeah I never know exactly how abled people perceive that mm -hmm. like crip time thing but I think but yeah they're just I think just able people are too focused on how much time like unsaving time also it's like i mean you kind of have to live life with time abundance i've been called slow all of my life that is if, if anything that's what i get called the most yeah is slow like because i i take forever to do everything yeah but that's like with the world is yeah what's saying because you know you have to like things just take longer and you're already <laughs> needing to cope with that i'm just always like society making that worse is just it feels so wrong to me it's like we are 
you know, if you really think that everything should go, you know, should be on time all the time, like, what happens when you become disabled? Like, what happens mm-hmm. when your ability to do things, qu- like, it just then, feels like a complete lack of empathy to right. me. And then you have to experience what we experience every single right. day. Right. And then the idea that this is not a social justice, like, I don't know, I was like one of those kids that I was like, Charty slips are really like they're prejudiced. Like I was just someone who would just get real oh. mad. But then as I got an adult, I was like, I was correct. <laughs> yes. I mean, I got, uh, I was exempt from that when I was in middle oh middle school God, and high what? school and mostly through college as well. Um, if I, college, I had, a, I always had a 15 minute window, 10 or 15 what? minute window. I could show up late and I could leave early. I didn't have that for a second. I never had that once. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, and then high school, I was exempt from uh, none of the security guards could stop me and give me detention because I didn't make it to class before the bell. What? And I could, I was also allowed to leave uh, t- five minutes early for, for lunch so I could get in the lunch line. <laughs> the one thing I, I mean, had was I was allowed I mean... to enroll in classes early nice. in college and hey. that was the best thing ever I couldn't even do that that's great <gasps> really no. why didn't they let you do that I mean I could I could obviously I could make an appointment with my advisor and stuff but I didn't have what? first pick I just had to why not I had to get in line like everybody else whoa I don't know wait, that's I don't know that's so dumb I mean that was dope that was a really great thing I I really am a big proponent of that and it was also nice because it wasn't something where I had to like be visually like because you know it's all online so I felt very like it was nice because it was mm-hmm. an accessibility thing that I genuinely need I mean I didn't graduate mm-hmm. from college I definitely needed that I needed a lot more than that but it was definitely not a thing that I could have could have gotten I would have gotten way farther from graduating if I didn't have that because getting into classes would have been like it just I would not have (laughs) after four years I would have had nothing but like I I didn't even get I didn't even get special treatment during room selection when uh what is that oh it's a nightmare it's awful it was the the one and only time I slept uh slept on the ground in the lobby of the uh housing building Wait, what's room selection? So when you so after you become a freshman, when you move into the uh, the upper class dorms, uh, every year they have room selection, and you have uh, you have a couple options. You can homestead your room, which means you can keep your room and go home for the summer, and then come back, and you're you're all fine or whatever. Or, but if you want a new room, especially if you want to live in the Cutler apartments, which is where everybody wanted to live because they're great, uh, you had to go down and line up for room selection. So oh what, what people would do is the night that it was happening, uh, people would, would start camp camping out. out. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, people would camp out, start camping out at noon. You would just see chairs pop up and people would bring down TVs and video game things or whatever. So we I used to do that with midnight movies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is, yeah, no, this and was concerts. <laughs> this is uh, for, for getting your for getting a place to live. Yeah, disabled people shouldn't have to. They should be front of the line. Isn't that how mm-hmm. that should work? It should work like that. It doesn't that, make any sense that it didn't nope. work that way. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I camped out. I slept on the ground for uh, that afternoon through the, the entire you, night. Do you have a disability resource? I mean, I guess if you yeah, have the ability to be late. Yeah. But like, yeah. what? No, not for, it didn't, it didn't extend to room selection. <laughs> wow. I don't remember if we had, I mean, we must have. I just remember being like, whatever, I'm going to have to have a roommate. Like, I just, I was just like, I don't want to be in an oh. abusive situation. And it never happened. I was always in an abusive situation <laughs> oh, somehow. <laughs> I was, I was also exempt from that too. I started in a single. And a then roommate? A, yeah. And then I moved to a double single 
that I got to have so then, to myself. Wait, then you didn't even need room selection if you could not have a roommate. Well, no. See, the thing, but I wanted to live in the Cutler Apartments with my friends. So we had to um, we had okay. to do it that way. We had just you were in a certain college. It was like the ah. sorting hat kind of, and then ah. you were just in that college. So, yeah, I mean, there was also yeah. a decent amount of residential housing. So I don't think there wasn't that much of a scarcity mindset about it. I don't remember. <laughs> I, we must have had something, but I don't remember what we did. I think we must have just tried to like. I guess like if you had a single, I mean, it might have been that it cost more to have a single, so mm. it could have been. So that might have been that you just like said what you wanted because I remember being like there's no way I'm gonna have a single even though I was like yeah it'd be nice but I'm not gonna have one um and I think it must have been because maybe it costs more to have a single and so I was like yeah it's too much money or something I don't know but it, it was like a whole non-issue kind of thing I remember I don't know that's that's wow that's ridiculous oh it's all sorts of fucked up <laughs> Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, you can imagine the next day I was just great to be around. We got our room, though. We got the, we got the I mean, apartment hey, that we wanted. That's good. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, yeah, I just moved off campus pretty early on, and you could just meet up with Do people. Whatever. But yeah. It was the, yeah. I was, went to school in Santa Cruz, so the rent prices were horrific, and I can't even imagine living there now. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> Oh, that felt good. I haven't gone on a tangent like that in a long time. I know. I feel like this is a very <laughs> tangent episode. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to talk about this. I was like, also this one, I was like, this is so difficult to talk about because it's, first of all, we've never talked about deaf blindness. No, yeah, this is our before. first. This is our first experience. And it's like, of a diff- it is interesting because it's like, yeah, technically. It's a technically different disability in a, a different country than we've watched any movies from, mm-hmm. um, and at a on actually in a different decade than I think we've ever had. So it's yes. all new things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so it kind of, um, yeah, is a very very different thing than we've talked about before. So we can't do as like I don't like we really can't compare it to anything. I feel like no, not yet that we've watched yet yeah it's it's very different um but yeah it's it was also just hard I mean I think a lot of it was hard a lot of it thinking about the isolation and like Mm -hmm. and then putting that on to like the isolation of now and and I think like when coronavirus started I was just worried so much about like well I mean you know frustrated as a blind person and like thinking about like masks and how like if you read lips that's like fucked up i mean i don't know there's just been a lot of me thinking about how it's harder for disabled people and it's just i was like oh yeah deaf blind people are having the worst fucking time ever this is horrible (laughs) just so fucking awful um so yeah i I wish i wish the documentary had ended a little happier but i think that's my american cinema sensibilities talking uh yeah my film school brain was like yeah that's a good ending yeah yeah i was like well that's that's how it should end, but uh, <laughs> I really wish that we could have gotten some some happier coda on the on the end of the film. 
Yeah, it is. And like, and it's hard too, because it's so observational. So you're like, okay, this is like a lot of it didn't feel exploitative or putting sort of a narrative onto something that seemed problematic. Mm -hmm. It did feel like there was a chance for people who are actually experiencing these things to be put at the front of the documentary. And it didn't feel like there was like a hand of God that was like, feel sorry for these people or, you know, like kind of putting any narrative onto them that they didn't put on, you know, that they didn't express themselves. So so I think that that like made it feel like it was it wasn't I don't know it it didn't feel and as I'm, problematic or anything. Right. I'm very glad of that. I would I would rather have that than have some you oh, know absolutely. squeaky clean happy you know and they lived happily ever after and their lives are you know don't feel sorry for them blah blah blah. No 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 yeah. no no. This is this is real and it's a documentary and it should be real. So I'm and a lot of it was yeah. it felt like entirely. It was about society's problem. But it's also like, but I feel like the documentary wasn't specifically saying that. Like, it was kind of allowing you to decide. And I think that, like, for me, that was obviously what was happening was that they you know the society that they was had let these people down and was like not and was not taking the it's as you know the the population it's up to everyone to make these to bring these people in and it mm-hmm. felt oppressed like that they were living in an oppressive society and that there was nothing wrong with them but you know the society was oppressive and that's how i read it but mm-hmm. i don't think like you know i'm i'm a blind person like of course that's you know i who's like very much believes that like you know the value of being blind and 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 how you know most of what we deal with that's problematic has you know is primarily societally based um so i don't know like of course that's what i'm good i'm gonna read into it (laughs) well and i would hope that able-bodied people that watch this and the people that did watch it uh in in germany when it uh when it was released i i would hope that this made them wake up and made them realize oh my god there's another percentage of the population that we are completely neglecting and that this helped turn things around yeah i mean i would hope so i don't yeah it's hard i don't know like i feel like it takes policy that that's Mm -hmm. really what it takes like more than anything i like the idea of i think in some ways media can like i think it can change the way people interact with you on a daily basis theoretically but I think like some of the problems they're dealing with it's just like you have to fucking just it's policies like you have to make it so that this is not like some some of the stuff they describe is just never okay like you know there are certain things that shouldn't you know a and a compassionate society would never let them you know anyone be locked up in a room for Mm -hmm. 30 years Mm -hmm. that's just not that should just never have happened and And like part of that is maybe like they need more resources and it doesn't have to be punitive but it does need to be on a policy level it cannot just be like people changing their minds because you need the infrastructure to like support these people like yeah i don't know and yet as far as people being locked up in rooms believe it or not that still happens yeah uh yeah i'm not I can't give you specific. Well, now it's happening of, to all of, of us. Disabled but that's people, different. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's it <laughs> now. Actually, this is a good time. This is actually a really good time to watch the movie if you're an enabled person, because like think think of what you're feeling right now, and exactly. like think of how upsetting and frustrating it is, and like how hurtful it is, and watch this movie, and like maybe you will understand kind of the the problematic ways that we support like deafblind people, really also deaf people and blind people as well like I, you know it's not just like I think yeah as a society but this is a good time to really really do some contemplating on that you know mm-hmm. it's, it's you might be in a prime to like be empathetic towards them more than you might have been otherwise um yeah I don't know and if that is if empathy is is the one thing you take away from this movie it's a start yeah it's a, it is a start I think that's true I think that like I think, yeah, and understanding, like, that they're, I think, like, having, seeing them be happy and, like, have a community and be, have a supportive environment. I think that was, like, for me, what was most, like, um, powerful about it, because I think that the problem is that people can, like, people, they don't, I mean, it's only sort of empathy. They're basically pitying people, like, you know, that they're seeing it as, like, oh, well, you know, to have empathy for these people just means to be, like, oh, poor you, don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, And so I think that that... Uh, Yeah, there's a fine line between empathy and pity. Yeah. Pity is not what we're looking for No, definitely not. And I think, but I think also, like, watching people struggle... I mean, it because so, it felt like the people who had less, like, really, it was just so obvious to me that society was the problem. <laughs> like, so I don't know, but I'm like, but I'm just like, I come from such a biased perspective that, of course, I don't know. I, it would be interesting to know if, like, an abled person watching this, like, I'm sometimes surprised when I watch stuff with abled people where I'm like, really? That's what you got out of this? Like, this is so I can't even imagine like <laughs> I remember being in a lecture class in college that was like there was a short documentary that was about um a colon- colony of people with leprosy oh okay. um and they were talking about how like there was that like there was a a cure there were not cure but there was treatment for it and they were you know and people were like also choosing not to have the treatment and like there's they're talking about um like in the class I, I just remember people being like you know just that the problem is that they don't have access to these treatments or like that they can't like that they have to deal with leprosy and, and I remember just being the only one in the class who's like maybe part of it is like that society is judgmental of these people and that they have a community there and that they don't necessarily that it's not necessarily just about them like you know not having the ability to like you know assimilate and it was just like I was like we're in a lecture class like no one thought like nobody thought of that like I don't know it was just like one of those things where I felt like I was just living in it I was seeing the world in a completely different way than everyone else which is true but you know yeah do we want to do our ratings i feel like yeah i think we've i think we've come we've been circling it we've a been bit. circling there we, we, yeah we're there yeah um do you want to go first sure sure um wow i'm i i gotta say i uh i mean i i know we we usually rate documentaries higher because it's it is they are about real people <laughs> yeah. but i still i still gotta give this a 2200 interesting like as opposed to higher because it's just that's just legal blindness so yeah 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I suppose, I don't think the back half of this film holds it back. I think it is necessary. And I think it's there because he was trying to shed, hopefully trying to shed some light on uh, the deafblind community and what they go through and how they are taught. Yeah. Uh, but it was just still, it was, it was so heartbreaking and it's just, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I can't really fault the movie for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, it can be hard to watch and we're, we're rating it from a disabled perspective. So I think like yeah. the fact that that's really upsetting to watch as a disabled person is fair to put that in your rating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just, it's, it was hard. It was, it was, it was hard not to just sit there and sob yeah. And think, just be angry, not feel sorry for, but be angry because I've, yeah. as a disabled person, I've had all these opportunities that the, these kids didn't get and will and never got. Yeah. And I'm just, it, it was righteous anger. And the, yeah. the gentleman at the end who just forgot how to speak and forgot how to communicate. And so he's just there. And it, it just felt frustrating. It was like, it was like screaming into the wind. Yeah basically so yeah, yeah 2200 it's not a bad movie not at all it is co- very competent obviously it's very competently made uh but it it's it hurt yeah it hurt a lot yeah yeah, yeah. but uh would recommend still <laughs> i mean obviously yeah right i i like the idea that like documentaries have to be like 22 it has to be <laughs> legally blind because it is at least you, having you real start, blind people you start there and go up yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i maybe i should rate this higher <laughs> no but that's i no. i think what you're saying is totally fair and yeah don't second guess your rating it's cool. totally valid cool. Um, though I'm gonna, though now I'm gonna make you second guess it more because I'm giving it a 2300. Um, but I like, I think what you're saying is totally right in a lot of ways. And I also had that feeling. And I think, weirdly enough, like talking about it in the context of right now, like this week where you know things are closing down even further because of like the lockdown and we're getting into the holidays and so there's like a feeling of like quarantine is very much on the mind oh, it's happening of it's a real thing yeah it yeah. feels very present but i feel like um this movie i think there's kind of because i think sometimes the quarantine has made me feel like oh disabled people really don't matter because like once able people kind of have to have the you know same acts like the same life as a disabled person like they fucking can't handle their shit and then disabled people are just suffering the most because we then are like isolated plus we have to deal with what all the able people you know it's not like we have to deal with less um so you feel very helpless and so i think in a way like what I liked about this is it kind of gave justification to that like this is harder on us and like this is also something that we deal with like this is like the isolation is something that is forced upon us and it doesn't need to be and there has to be that acknowledgement so there was like just a little bit for me where I was just like yeah this is like this is a real thing like this is like the suffering that we have to go through right now is genuine and is right right now and on the daily yeah yeah, right, right. And like, and, and that you kind of, and the humans will add on to that suffering and will see, make it seem like, will downplay what, you know, what they're doing to add on to that suffering. And I think that like, you know, and also like right now just saying like, hey, like, 
the quarantine is really helping for coronavirus, but it creates a lot of other problems. Like, and you know, and you have to like address those and just pointing out the other problems it creates does not mean that I want everyone to die of coronavirus. Like, and I think there's like this kind of like, we can't hold these dualities as much in our heads for some reason. I don't know why, but like, um, (laughs) but I think that I, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm very much looking at it for the lens of right now. Um, super strongly more than anything else but I think there was just this kind of like seeing um the harm that that can do and like wanting and feeling like as a society we always have the ability to do better and like in my head I was just like there's we we still have the ability to do better I think also the fact that this was 50 years ago makes me feel like it made it feel a little more removed too like simultaneously because I could be like well 50 years have gone by so maybe everything's a little bit better <laughs> you know knowing that that's not 100% true but like it felt a little bit more like I didn't have to like be triggered by it if that makes sense not that that's really a good justification for that but like at least on a personal level level it gave me some distance but um yeah it I don't know I think I like that it was just observational though and that we really got to like hear from the actual people and I would I'd recommend this movie even if you are blind um you know if you're yeah we were talking about before we started recording that the subtitles because it takes longer to um do to speak for a lot of the people that were following it's like it's actually you can read pretty much yes. all the subtitles so <laughs> it's they they actually are on the screen for a pretty long time so it's it's not bad if you have trouble reading um, I, yeah and I'd, I'd love to try and learn a little bit of deafblind sign language I mean at least to say hello or sign my name or you know something and German because mm-hmm. like I was reading a lot of reviews and they're like the English translation is really bad really? <laughs> like there's a lot oh, of different no. things that were much like a lot of the words that, um like Finney and other people were saying oh, were no. just like so much more poetic and, and like poignant because some oh. of it I was like this like the the one that I was riffing off for the intro about the rivers, I was like, this has to be something that's slightly different in German because it doesn't fully make sense in English. And someone's oh, like, oh yeah, there's feel, like mistranslation. I feel cheated now because you. Cause well, the I Germans mean, I, have such great words for a lot of stuff that yes. we don't have. Like every, <laughs> like there's like a lot of words that I've learned. Where I'm like, oh yes, we need that in English, but <laughs> we just it, use the German one. So my my favorite German word is is not super long or anything, but it's Klankenthagen. Klankenwagen. Klankenwagen. It's the word Just, for ambulance. Yeah, Klankenwagen. I love it so much. Yeah, it's no, great. no, it is my that is one of my favorite um, German words. Um, though we do have a word for ambulance. Um, <laughs> no, like Umwelt, which is ooh, like ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's like the experience of someone's perspective. So, like my Whoa. Umwelt is like, like this. Actually, movie was a lot about Umwelts and like the yes. different, you know, like the summation of that. Uh, of a human being's perceptions is an umwelt, which we need a word for that. Like that's it's a very important thing to have a word for. So yeah, Germans, there's a lot of ones like that where it's like, yeah, okay, it's, guys, good job for actually making uh, good words. <laughs> German is an incredible language. I didn't I didn't learn it going through school, but it's it's so it's so amazing. 
Yeah, and they apparently, if you are a German speaker, this movie apparently is even better to watch because. Well, it, dang it! Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Now we have to both. Find, I mean, I'm trying to learn German, German but <laughs> yeah. But it's like when you learn German on an app, you're not getting all of those words that are like it's, actually don't have equivalents in English. Right. Well, that that, and you're not having an actual conversation with somebody. Yeah. So the best way to learn a language is to have a to be conversational with, with yeah, somebody. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. yeah, anyway. So that's uh Land des Schweigens und der Dunkelheit. We're done. We did the movie. We did it. We did it. We did it. Next week. Yeah, next week is um December 17th. Yay. So we're coming up on it's I think maybe the, the second to last night of Hanukkah, but Ooh, nice. it's another holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. And uh I wanted to do something super Christmassy because I can't help it. I'm a sucker for Christmas movies in general, but I'm even more of a sucker and I found out that you are also a sucker <laughs> for the good old Rankin Bass holiday specials. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's kind of fun, but like, it's not like there's one with a blind character. And I was like, hold it. <laughs> I watch almost all of them every single year because I can and I love them. And I said, oh, guess what? There is one about a blind person. Which I was like, well, we're 100% doing that. Yes. So next week, we're watching uh, the story of the first Christmas or the story of the first Christmas snow. This is very exciting. I'm super excited for I'm, this. I'm very stoked. Angela Lansbury is in it. She plays a nun um, that sings. I'm very excited. <laughs> you got. You just have to at that point. <laughs> yes. So yes. that will be very fun. I'm looking forward to it. And then I'll have to see if I can find a Christmas, another Christmas movie that has a blind character. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll... Um, it's Christmas Eve. We'll... we'll Tune in. Tune in next week to, You'll, first of all, hear the great episode that we do about... Wait, okay. What is the name? <laughs> it's called The First Christmas or The Story of the First Christmas Snow. The Story of the First Christmas Snow. That involves the other title, so I'm just going to call it that. The Story of go. the First Christmas Snow. There you go. Perfect. Very, very <laughs> concise. Um, <laughs> that's like... It's like a late phases where it has like five names. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. I'm okay, so we're. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and Good. you can watch it on. Uh, you can watch this on Amazon. Okay, you can rent it. Yep. Cool. That's what we'll be doing. So Yay. tune in next week for that. Um, <laughs> then that's the thing that that leaves is our um, what we're blindsided by this week. Yeah, yes. Um, I can go for go for it. Um, so I <laughs> like always trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. Um. <laughs> I recently have gone on a couple hikes, so I wanted oh. to plug some hikes. I feel like I do it. like yeah. doing kind of non-media-related ones sometimes, and it is one of the few things during quarantine that we can still do. Um, you know, so you have to bring a mask, and like, if you go on a rainy day, life hack, uh, less people around, <laughs> so it's very hey. cool. Um, and if you have light sensitivity, great, great time to go. Um, but uh, I have been enjoying getting to do that, being outside. It is a, also a very um, deafblind uh, friendly experience, so kind of topical because it's... Um, mostly i mean you it's a very tactile experience hiking um so <laughs> i'll 
plug the two hikes that yeah, I've went where, on recently. Where did you go? Um, one of them was in Washington, um, and that was really on a beautiful rainy day, and it has like it's very ADA friendly. So you had like a big uh, like cement oh, like trail nice. sort of that was like it's very nice. We went to a waterfall, but it's like super. It was super easy to do, so I didn't uh, feel scared falling off a cliff mm-hmm. at all. Um, that one is called Molten Falls. Um, that was the hike that uh, oh. went on, and yeah, you get to see waterfalls and and beautiful trees. So it's very nice. The other one that we just went on last week was um, it's the Clatsop Loop. Um, oh my God, Clatsop Loop. <laughs> Not easy to say out loud. No <laughs> um, <laughs> hike, which was. Um, which is a lot of fun it was more sunny and there was more people um but it is uh if you've seen twilight oh my god yes Mm -hmm. there's a scene in twilight they film there but it's like on a beach uh but then you have like the forest uh that we hiked it was mostly the hikers in the forest freaking sign that says twilight was filmed here yeah based apparently yes god that's i didn't see it because i can't see but right um but but that's yeah um, so there's that and it's, there was also, it's very cool cause there's a lighthouse and then you get to have a good Ooh. view of the lighthouse. It's very far away, very small. You can't see it at all. I was like, is there, is that anything? Is, you know, my partner was like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's over there. And I was like, okay. Um, so that's not a rock. He's like, no, it's a, it's a lighthouse. It's like, okay. <laughs> so that part's not as exciting if you're blind, but, um, it was it was a lot of fun and it's very uh that was a lot more steep too so um yeah that was a, it was a, definitely a good workout i was like difficult to breathing but it was fun <laughs> i'm just gonna like like uh um all of my recommendations involve like um burnt what's the right word like talking about how they also suck um so <laughs> sorry about that um but yeah so that's that's mine it's just hiking get outdoors it's you know just because it's rainy and lovely out doesn't mean you can't go on a hike that's what i say um i love it yeah yeah that sounds amazing that sounds beautiful yeah it's a lot of fun i need well, to I need to do more of that <laughs> it's you need to like have someone who can drive so that's I part know, of the problem that's the hardest part is yeah yeah i'm and i'm such a bookworm i would bring a book anyway and just be like, <laughs> have fun guys i'm gonna read so so appropriately mine is a book okay uh, this week i read in uh, i love to read themed books uh during the holiday season like for halloween i'll read something really scary or traditional like frankenstein or something for christmas i usually will read um a christmas carol but i'll read a, a, some other christmas themed book so for thanksgiving uh, i usually don't read one and then this year i thought i really want to try and, and do that so i read uh the wordy shipmates by sarah vowell Ooh. yeah and the audiobook is great she narrates it oh awesome. uh, and she radio personality yes so she's amazing at it uh and i got I actually got to see her live once too oh, wow. i met her she's super nice um that's awesome she's so cool uh yeah so she narrates the book and she uses it's a historical book so obviously she uses a lot of quotes uh from uh different from uh historical documents and um a lot of the uh pilgrims who left england and came oh, to yeah. america they they so they kept documents of everything they were the best at it. I mean, they kept just 
books and books and books and books and letters and everything uh, of, of all of their of all of the voyages and the hardships that they experienced. So it's all there to to find. Uh, so she casts uh, a bunch of famous folks to read those quotes. Oh, wow. Uh, in the audiobook. In the so, audiobook. Yeah, so it's really cool. So um, let's see. Will Forte, John Slattery, John Hodgman, uh, John Oliver. Um, all the uh, Johns. Er, all the Johns. Uh, she called <laughs> all the famous Johns. Um, Eric Bogosian. I mean, there's a bunch of people in, in there as well that uh, whose voices that you get to hear. So it's, it's really, really cool. And I just – I enjoyed the heck out of it because I, I honestly – don't know a lot of the the quote unquote real no, actually not quote unquote the real history because right. I you know I grew up in the in the American public school system so I learned that it's you know terrible. the Puritans and the Indians got together on Thanksgiving and blah 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 no did you have to do missions no no Ugh. um worst the worst but luckily uh, this book talks about none of that and when it does it talks about uh, the the real. Uh, situation that happened like I <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that the reason why Squanto got along so well with the with the Puritans and was able to pl- show them how to plant corn and everything is because Squanto was taken by sailors forced to learn English uh, and forced to taken taken to England and, and was um, became uh, an English person and then brought back to America so yeah he could teach all of the Englishmen how to do everything because he was forced to learn how to communicate with all of the Englishmen. Um, yeah. There was, uh, oh, I'm I'm blanking on the person's actual name, but he was voiced by Peter Dinklage in the audiobook, and he had come up with uh, the book, a book called The Key, which was his translation of English and um, Pequot and a couple of the other uh, native languages. Uh, Native American languages that that right. they, that they that the Puritans encountered, but it's it is a really fascinating book. Sarah Val, of course, infuses it with her uh, incredible wit, and I learned a whole lot more about the Puritans and the Native Americans uh, in the 1600s than I knew going in. Nice. So yeah, so, it felt felt very appropriate. <laughs> that's yeah, getting a lot of like oppression. <laughs> Oh, extremely. Oh, so much. (laughs) So much oppression and genocide. It's not a happy book. (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine that would be a happy book. (laughs) No, but uh, it's it's funny. So. I mean, you gotta be gallows humor. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, she takes everything. She's a history buff. So obviously all of her sources are taken directly from the documents and everything that have been found. Nice. So, yeah, that's uh, The Wordy Shipmates by Sarah Val. You can find the audiobook. I have it on Audible, but you can pro- you can rent it from the library. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's uh, my uh, that's what I was pain. blindsided by. Two weeks from Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> two weeks after. I'm sorry. It's my own Damn fault for making it. it. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, no. No, it's okay. I mean, yeah, no, no. It's It's all good. <laughs> you're not the one who has to like schedule all of them so I'm always thinking about like when does this episode air I was even like for my thing that I was gonna pick I was like oh I mean I could try to think of something Thanksgiving themed and I was like but that no it's, it's... no I didn't even uh <laughs> no can... but it's okay uh, okay because I, I can do another it's what one. you were reading no I'm uh, yeah I'm... I mean if I thought that it was so bad I would have stopped you okay <laughs> I mean yeah I literally finished the book yesterday so yeah no. so you were on time for the for life but not specifically <laughs> For my like, I want two weeks to edit the episodes um, schedule. But. Well, I'll make sure to find something Christmassy for next week. Yeah, that's, that's this is actually good. going 
going to be Christmas Eve. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this episode was, um, you know, is kind of a, this is just a peek into our life um, and what's going on. It's it's not overly edited. It's just an experience of our <laughs> own experiences. Um, we only got three hours worth of footage and uh. now you're hearing the hour and a half that we could know. <laughs> anyway, uh. I know why I'm trying to make everything thematic today but um yeah so that's uh that's it for this week i think i think we did it i think we did it yeah pretty sure i I agree Mm -hmm. yeah um our theme song is by lucia fasano our youtube is citizen white cane podcast um you can turn on the closed captions on there and um youtube actually is really good about having a lot of accessibility around how big the closed captions are Mm. so if you want to make them really big with a dark back Background. If you um, both have uh, trouble hearing and seeing, if you're deafblind, um, that's an option. So good life hack there. Uh, if you want to look at us on Twitter or um, hear us on Twitter, uh, our Twitter's White Cane Pod. Our Facebook and our Instagram are both Citizen White Cane, and our email is Citizen White Cane Pod at gmail.com. If you would like to leave us a voice message, there's a link in the show notes. Um, are you deaf blind um and like well is it different 50 years out what is your favorite uh sign to do in deaf blind sign language yeah um and uh do you have like a really spot on Werner herzog impression and can you give a review of this movie using that impression that that's very important yes um (laughs) (laughs) any of those there's a link in the show notes um don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast um and come back next week for the story of the first christmas snow is that right you got it yes (laughs) tune in next week for that okay bye bye